This would be episode two. What we measure, what we value, what we world. The solar revolution is here. And we need new stories to imagine new worlds and new ways of creating community in times of climates changed. I'd love to hear from you. So won't you reach out to us at The Solar Transfusion on Patreon, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This is your non-binary storyteller and host, They Frey, The Solar Archive, along with your guest host, Molly the Beagle, again, snoring at my feet. I hope for you to take a moment to slow down and show up for your friends, for your family, for your community. I try to do that by sharing stories of light, power, and difference with you. And so here I am with my personal stories entangled with bits and bobs of science, engineering, design, and creative ideas entangled with quantum physics, philosophy, and trans-inclusive feminist practices. You may hear words and ideas that you might find unusual or different, some concepts that might melt your mind a little bit. <laughs> Please take the time to listen fully to these experiences and let them simmer a bit afterwards, right? Remember, if you're here, you belong. Why don't we get started? Everybody ready to ride? All right, let's jam. stories are going to be built around the ideas of what we measure and what we value as practices, as lived experiences, and ultimately considering our impact as we move through life and as we pass on. Now, I have a story that I'd like to engage you with in the second half of the show, but first, the news on a more somber level. The trans community was hit with the death of an elder, transgender journalist, award-winning activist, Monica Roberts. The trans griot has passed. May she rest in power. Monica passed suddenly this week on October 8th of 2020. And the impact of hearing of that passing across social media was perhaps something that you didn't hear about. And I did. And one of the reasons why I heard about it, why it resonated with the whole trans community, is because Houston-based journalist and activist Monica Roberts was the founder of the Trans Griot blog. Monica was the leading light for reporting and journalism regarding black trans women, especially in her own hometown of Houston. Monica's passing was first noted by journalist Imara Jones. Imara quoted, For trans journalists, she was a pioneer and an essential North Star. I know so many of us will be deeply saddened by her passing. End quote. I want to also add where Monica was centering her work. So Monica was a storyteller. 
and a keeper of the archive of people's lives, their challenges, and their celebrations. The Griot is, is not only a storyteller, but a living archive of generational histories. Now, this is a really important point, so I'm going to put some links into the show notes, okay? Because you shouldn't take it from me. I want you to dig deeper into these topics from original sources. But let it just be said that in West Africa, the griot is still a living tradition. It is still an active part of culture in West Africa that is a part of the diaspora that came out of the horrors of the mid-Atlantic slave trade. The griot is, is not only a storyteller, but an archive of hundreds of years of personal histories. Monica, in her own words, was unapologetically black, trans, and proud. An award-winning trans human rights activist. She worked to foster understanding and acceptance of trans people, both inside trans communities of color and beyond. I want to read to you the Transgrio blog's mission statement. Quote, The Transgrio blog's mission is to become the griot of our community. I will introduce you to and talk about your African-descended trans brothers and trans sisters across the diaspora. Reclaim and document our chocolate-flavored trans history. Speak truth to power. Comment on the things that impact our trans community from an Afrocentric perspective and enlighten you about the general things that go on around me and in the communities that I am a member of. Mission statement compiled January 2nd, 2011, end quote. That is so amazing. Wow. You hear so much in that. But this is a person who invested herself into the stories of her community and invested in specifically centering that marginal space of trans brothers and trans sisters across the African diaspora. It's powerful stuff. And I fully expect others to be telling this story. And I look forward to hearing from them. This is not my story. This is a story of trans community that, more importantly, embraces black trans community. And that is something that we all can invest in. So, wherever you are, Monica, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for lifting us up. And this recent event got me thinking, you know? What kind of an impact do we have in our lives when others may not potentially even know that we are vital portions of our own communities, our own small communities, but so important to us, to what our beliefs, what our values, what our principles are? So that brings us right back around to the main topic of the episode. What do we mean by measuring something? What is it to truly show value as an action with impact? And not as an idea or, or not as an ideal, value as a performed investment and measurement as mattering, as touching, as bringing something into the archive. And I'm also thinking about the way that we as members of our own communities, living in our own places, how are we coming to know what it is we measure and that others choose not to measure? For instance, the majority of society and media 
will have excluded from mattering many things in their fast-paced, influencer-marketing, YouTube-hyped social networks. What do we value in our day-to-day lives? Let's dig into that. The premise of today's session is that, you know, sometimes you can get the right answer to a question in school, at work, and completely misunderstand the concept, the ground, the topic. Getting the right answer to the wrong question is still the wrong answer, you know? That was a pearl of wisdom I learned from my friend. Thank you, Dr. Blumsack. Alternatively, you can get the wrong answer. You can make mistakes and errors and bumble around through life and deliver an answer that is incorrect under the circumstances of, say, online learning while you're at school. And still, still, you might leave that experience with a full and complete understanding of the topic material and the surrounding context in which it was asked. Life's kind of like that. This is really fascinating. What your experience is suggesting is that you can know without something being measurable as known. You know? (laughs) This all makes me think about filling out forms. Yeah, filling out forms for gender. Think about how... In the predominant forms, be it online, in a job application, or on paper, and especially for government documents, they're going to insist on knowing your gender. And that question usually devolves into a binary, or a would-rather-not-answer. But generally a two-box-only choice of male or female. But what if you're neither? But what if you're both? What if it's complicated? We're here today to be investigating that very framing of of, of getting the wrong answer to the right problem while bringing on deep understanding and showing up to do the work among community to affect change and to build community, especially even when you're told you're wrong. Similarly, investing in those answers through time, through bodily investments, is a way of describing, through our actions, what we value in life. More on that in just a moment for our next segment. Dr. B here. Do you resonate with the idea that if you're here, you belong? Do you want to know how you could improve your own workspace to be more inclusive, to be a place that people seek out? If yes, please reach out to me. I am Dr. Frey Brownson. They Frey. I am available through Heliotactic Press Consulting. Please feel free to reach out to me. Join me on the Patreon site where you can get my contact information. I would love to help out at your firm. 
among your community, please reach out. You can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn by typing Heliotactic. That's H-E-L-I-O-T-A-C-T-I-C, Heliotactic. So let's jump back in to our next segment. And it's going to be kind of unusual because I'm going to mix a second story. I'm going to build a story that many of you will be familiar with, which is helping someone else out with their homework. So my two daughters uh, have been working at home, myself teaching online and at home teaching to two young, wonderful minds all about science and English, French and music and history. And it's been a lot. But it's also been revealing of the foundation of learning. And, and for me, pedagogy. So let's talk about homework. My daughter Rowan was asking questions about the periodic table. Specifically the non-metals. Those are those elements on the top right side of the periodic table. And the vertical columns are called groups. Group 7 is the halogens, and group 8 is the noble gases. And we were getting into the discussions of the halogens. Uh, that would be iodine, bromine, chlorine, and fluorine. And as you probably know, you have iodine, and you can eat it in the salt that we have with iodized salt. And chlorine gas and bromine are, are oftentimes used to kill bacteria in public swimming pools in dilute concentrations. And fluorine is just a nasty reactive element that makes hydrofluoric acid. And then we were talking about the noble gases. Go even further over to the right and we have xenon, krypton, argon, neon, right? And she was taking a quiz for which I happily participated because my goal was the value of her learning experience, not her exact performance on the quiz. And she finished the quiz, and while we were talking, and from my evaluation, she really understood the way that electrons interact with the nucleus of elements and, and why certain elements are highly reactive on the right side of the periodic table. They draw electrons in but become less reactive as you descend down the periods, as you go down in the periodic table. And it shouldn't really be surprising to find out that the noble gases were really hard to find historically. That isolating something that doesn't react, when your process of measurement is based on chemical reactivity, is a real challenge. But should you expose a noble gas to an electronic signal, to a potential, you can get those gases to form a glow discharge. You can form neon lights. You see, when I change the energetic state of a noble gas, I pump energy into that gas, I change its electronic valence to something that I'm actually valuing as less stable. And as it falls back, as it comes into a stable form again, it emits light, a photon. Neon light. Those neon colors that you see in the Solar Transfusion logo. Yep, that's coming from the whole history of neon lights. 
And so she finished her quiz and she said, ah, I got a 70%. And I said, no problem. You understand the concepts because what we measure in education, that may not align with the full measure of what we know. Assessments in education are designed to target learning objectives, meaning they're functionally designed to emphasize and measure certain outcomes that will serve the larger group while excluding others. But that measurement changes through time, through generations. And what I've been finding is that my methods of teaching, advising, and mentoring are in close alignment with my moment-to-moment investments of my body, working with my environment, symbiotically creating the world that I live in, the spaces that I work in, the way that I think, and hopefully the way that I care for others. Now, from a Buddhist perspective, that would be called right action. It's a bodily performance, a doing what we value through action. I'm doing what I value in doing right action. And what I value is archived. It's recorded as a part of our story based on what is measured, what is touched and engaged in the world around us. And so over the years of teaching and learning and learning through teaching, I've developed a basic premise that our measures of the world and our valuations of the world are part of the same means of consensus building and co-creation process, making new worlds around us. A process that philosopher Karen Barad and others call worlding. And I really like that word, worlding. Like you are part of the creation process of the new world that is emerging from moment to moment. You have the opportunity to engage, to be a creative part of the world that you live in. Wow. Does that, does that ever resonate with a person who for a long time felt that they didn't fit in to the world. When in fact, part of our responsibility, part of our obligation is to show up for community and engage as a worlding process. And so I developed a tool, a rhetorical device that is called the chiasmus. It's a creative device that takes a, a statement that is short and purposeful generally, then repeats it, flip the other direction. And so the second purposeful statement also has meaning as the reverse, more or less, of the first. So my statement that I've been working with as the foundation to my approach in consulting, in facilitation, in teaching, mentoring, life, etc. <laughs> is is that is this statement. <clears throat> we measure what we value. We value what we measure. Yeah. We measure what we value and we value what we measure. 
In this way, I can shape and identify with the practice of measurement as the very important combined identity of being, of doing, a trans person, an artist, a scientist, an engineer, trying to fill out forms of gender, occupation, skill set, without any boxes. And if I'm looking at forms, especially those forms that I was talking about when we started this segment, it's as though the, the right boxes were excluded right out of the reality of the form givers. It's actually a nightmare to many of us in the trans community, many of us who are otherwise marginalized, who have diverse, rich, special, unique backgrounds and stories and identities. Particularly frustrating when we are just looking for a job during a global pandemic. Ah! So when I say measure, let's, let's clarify. I mean something bigger than just, say, identifying the span of time that it takes to record this podcast. What I mean by measure, in fact, is something more akin to touching. Measure as feeling something. Measure as requiring focus, purpose, and time. The flow of an experience to record and archive something that matters. And to whom does it matter? It matters to me. It matters to you, the listener, the person who hopefully is getting something rewarding and interesting out of the solar transfusion experience. So I had been looking for this statement somewhere else in the background of philosophy and ethics and the like thinking for sure that that it it must be out there it must be in existence and i found fragments pieces but i didn't really find something so concise that it could be useful in today's different societies in today's work environments so what i found instead was a way to think about measure and value and and that's very important if you are teaching or communicating STEM, that would be science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and you need to communicate with purpose that connects with members of a student community who are not the predominant target audience of an engineering degree program. So if you are a woman, if you are queer, if you come from a another country into the United States, if you are a black person in the United States, if you are othered in any way, STEM is a challenging space to access. And one of the ways that we kind of cracked open that problem by working together with the Big Fab Solar Collab was to form this 
nucleus, this wonderful small group called Just the Facts, which is focused on generative thinking, restorative justice, dealing as a small group with feminist anti-colonial STEAM. Now, STEAM adds an A to STEM. STEAM refers to science, technology, engineering, the arts, and mathematics. And once we fold in the arts, we've actually opened up new forms of measurement, new tools to fully engage those four labels to create something that matters to those members of the Big Fab Solar Clap. So let's go back to thinking about uh, what are values. Most of us, when we think about values, we're thinking about ideals, things that we would call platonic ideals, like love, friendship, good, bad. These are, you know, essentially platonic ideals. If we are to repurpose the way that we look at science, technology, engineering, and mathematics through the arts, through political movement, if through recognizing that everything we do is political and that we are living in the United States in a colonial framework that is founded on racism and a system of oppression for gender diversity. But in an anti-colonial framework, we want to disrupt that approach. And, and even more so as a trans person, as a transgender person, where the idea of an ideal, a purity of persona, is often functionally impossible for us. I, I, I'm going to speak from my own perspective, so that what I'm talking about when I say values are acts of investment. I mean that I'm walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And we all do this. We are judged by our actions. When we are dealing with family and close friends, we can always put up a mask. We can always brand ourselves in different ways on social media, create alternative accounts, effective tools to talk a different talk than we walk, so to speak. But our values are shared with the world through our actions, through our process of worlding. I'll go a step further into our story space here in the solar transfusion, a realm of co-creative speculation. Our values help to create the world around us, right, through personal acts. And if values are acts of investment, those investments are there to build new worlds and to shape the realities around us. Those of us invested in feminism, social justice, environmental equity, energy equity, are well aware of the extractive price of targeting exclusively monetary investment as an ideal for the measure and value of an individual, of a person in society. Values are acts of investment, and they enable configurations and reconfigurations, and reconfigurations of worlds. Configurations, reconfigurations of worlds. And that's what I mean by worlding. And a key part of worlding is relationships. Relationships are functionally what you're doing when you show up. I invest in the support of those relationships. And in doing this podcast, I'm investing in new traditions, new stories that I hope will be regenerative 
and that will lead you, the listener, to feeling like you have a space where you can belong. We measure what matters to us at the end of the day. And those values that we've been building over generations are in turn shaping scientific theories and basic practices of surviving and thriving in a world with climates changed. And so let me close out with the idea that valuation, the actions of value, are shaping measure and shaping what matters. Not only what matters, but in the intraactive language of Dr. Karen Barad, what we measure is an active determination of what matters, of what is matter at the quantum level. Yeah, this is crazy stuff. This is light mattering. But the way that we do measurements of light, even when we're talking about a simple, what would be called Young's two-slit experiment, where you send single photons through through p- two pinholes, you ultimately get interference pattern. You get diffraction happening, constructive and destructive interference. There is that darn diffraction again. Just keeps on popping up. To what extent do we work with diffractive thinking in our lives? We are not saying that something doesn't matter. No, we're actually saying that something that is excluded from mattering has yet to be defined. It is indeterminate, in the words of quantum physics. This is exactly the meaning for me in being transgender, non-binary. I am ill-defined as a gender. I am indeterminate. And as this is National Coming Out Day, surprise, I embrace that quantum queerness, that light can be both wave and particle, depending on the way that we engage in what we measure and what we value. You get this weirdness when you're walking around as a transgender person and I'm I'm speaking for myself only it's like you're a walking zen koan you know there is no right answer there is just right action do or do not do there is no try right <laughs> and so barad says that a diffractive methodology is critical practice for making a difference in the world to quote that a diffractive methodology means to have a commitment to understanding which differences matter, how they matter, and for whom, end quote. To me, this is important because we're talking about the value of story. Your stories are of enormous value to your family, to your friends. Sharing your story is perhaps one of the most vital things that we can do. And the value of story for me is building speculation, building worlds that we might dream to perform, to work together, to create and live in over generations. We are those noble gases, emitters of light, We are the storytellers. We are the creators. We are oftentimes unconventional thinkers. So give it up to your storytellers, friends, and honor your griots. And remember, friends, if you're here, you know you belong. The Solar Transfusion theme song is Giddy Up by Rick Hirsch, performed by Rick Hirsch's Big Ol' Band. 
This is Dave Frey and my guest host and snoring partner, Molly the Beagle, for the Solar Transfusion. We would love for your support as a patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash solar transfusion. You can also find us on Instagram at Heliotactic.